1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun.
2: What is up, San Diego? Happy New Year. Happy 2023. Welcome into the first show of Quinn and Chris of the year, unfortunately, we start our day off, with, which was a uh, a extremely difficult moment for those who were watching it live. I uh, have to to go through. Uh, DeMar Hamlin goes down um, after making a tackle of T. Higgins. Seemed like a, a pretty normal tackle, um, only to get to his feet for I don't know two three seconds before collapsing. And then the terror, I think, really began. I think we're not – we're conditioned at this point to see guys maybe get to their feet and fall. But what we saw in the seconds after that, I think, terrorized everybody. Um, and that was um, CPR being administered to him on the field. And you saw it in the emotion of the players, Um Many had to be consoled by other teammates. Um, and you know it, it's it's the biggest sports story, right? It's the biggest story. forget sports. It's the biggest story right now we have uh, going and I bring in my partner, Chrisello, I bring in Matt Scraby. I don't know about you guys. I didn't see it live, but I was in tears just hearing um, and seeing the the pictures that followed after uh my son had been talking about this game for a week he's a big jamar chase fan he knows the buffalo bills he knows uh the cincinnati Bengals. so he's been talking about this game for a week fortunately from a parent standpoint he had practiced at 4 30 and so the game was already going i had taped it for him so he could play it but when i got home and started getting texts and so I was. I made the decision not to show it to him because I wanted to see what happened. I immediately thought it was the worst. Um, Chris, I, I, you were watching this as the game was going. Tell me about what you thought.
3: Well, first of all, it's, it's definitely we're on with heavy hearts today, and I, you know, our thoughts and prayers are in Buffalo and still with this young man, Damar Hamlin, fighting for his life after as you said tony uh, uh, just uh, we talk about tragic things that happen in 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 sporting events and and when a guy is, is paralyzed or somebody gets uh, concussion cte symptoms and things happen we use that we throw that word around uh, a lot and uh, this was tragic that was tragic that last night what happened was tragic and it, it could have been worse obviously and and we can only hope that he is able to make a full and speedy recovery. We don't know a whole lot more today than we did last night about DeMar Hamlin, other than a lot of experts saying that it's it's probably good news that we really haven't heard anything yet. That normally they sedate somebody for about twenty four hours after something like this happens and then they, you know, go in and start finding out exactly, you know, what the consequences were. So everybody's fingers remain crossed yeah. around the country. And uh certainly there in Buffalo so it's with a heavy heart that we even do the show today but um, you know when I saw it I, I got to give ESPN a lot of credit man uh, their coverage was remarkably well restrained and um, and that's what you need in these situations it, it really was um you know I I, I was <laughs> yeah, this is me yeah, the the typical Chris Ello. I was actually watching the game tape delayed by about an hour uh, and when he went down um, the impatient human being in me fast-forwarded through to when they would get him off the field and we would get back to the game. Because we've seen this happen way too many times in the NFL. Somebody gets hurt. They they have a concussion. They take them off the field. The game resumes. Everybody says all the right things and we play on. But after I fast-forwarded for a while and it was pretty clear that they weren't starting this game back up, I went back and I watched it and the fact that they only showed him falling a couple of times and then yeah. never gave us a camera view of what was going on inside yeah. that circle of yeah. people around him, uh, I can't thank ESPN enough for that. that, that that's, that's, because that's what kept it from being horrifying yes. for the rest of us to not have to go through what those players on the field did have to go through.
2: In a time where it seems like we battle with restraint, ESPN showed incredible restraint. As I told you guys today, I didn't actually see the play itself because I didn't go back to look at the tape. I was honestly afraid that it was just a terrible collision yeah. that you know we, we've seen often. Um, I didn't see it replayed on television until this morning. And um, regardless of how bad the tackle was or regular the tackle was, this the end result was a man now in the hospital fighting for his life, and um, it, it was it was uh, it was truly one of those moments where you're watching a sport or TV, and it's one of those rare times where you are sad, emotionally sad, and scared uh, for what you know could come from this.
3: Yeah, I mean, watching uh, the telecast, Joe Buck is one of my all-time favorite broadcasters, and I'm not just saying that because of uh, the way he performed last night. He's always been. But Joe Buck was pretty much, did not know what to say. He, he and Troy Aikman did not know what to say. I, I think Troy Aikman's only comment the entire time was something to the effect of, this is not something anybody wants to see. I don't think Troy Aikman mm-hmm. said anything other than that. Joe Buck... Honestly, I think had somebody in his ear saying, let's just go to break. We, we can't show what's going on. We're not going to show what's going on. And as that continued, and then Joe Buck did tell us that CPR had been performed, that's when it got incredibly scary and real. Yeah. That, and, and, and that's when you realize, okay, they don't, I don't know a whole lot about medicine, but they don't perform CPR on anybody who's alive and, no, and well no, at the moment. No. So that, as soon as I heard it, that, I, I knew that this was something spectacularly scary, and um, you know, of I was riveted for the next couple of hours just trying to get whatever information I and anybody else could get.
2: A couple of things. It, it, I was watching the soccer game live when Erickson, the, I believe it was the World Cup, uh, not this year, the, the past one, um, went down It might have even been in a in a game but he goes down and they had to give him CPR. This right. was this was maybe a couple years back. European
3: uh, Was it cup? the guy from Denmark? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. this
2: is and I saw that live. And I and at the time I was watching it very much like you watched this game, right? It was in June of 2021. June of 2021. He goes to a corner, collapses. Don't really think much of it, kind of fast forward through it and you realize you in this case they showed him getting CPR, yeah, and uh, it was it was frightening. Um, the other thing is for as you gotta remember, Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman are going through it in real time. Yes, they, they don't are. have time to get their thoughts together. Ultimately, because they don't know, they don't have enough information no. in that kind of time. Uh, on the flip side of that, um, ESPN also did an amazing job with with Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark. Um, That is how I got most of the information about what happened. And and as I said, it had me in tears. Just, I I could feel what happened without having seen it because of the way Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt were talking about it. Here's a little clip of them um, really having that conversation.
1: Are you cool to go back out and like, no. Scott,
4: Scott, you know why? Because that news doesn't let me see my friend. Right. That that news doesn't let me touch my homeboy. That news doesn't let me hug him. That news doesn't let me say, yeah, he's okay. I'm with you. Right. And so and so if I don't get if I don't get that news, I'm I'm not going to do this. No, because what 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 they will realize is when they get out there this time, if they put him back out there tonight, even if they say he's okay, it's the first time they'll realize you actually don't do it for you. Mm hmm. That you do it for everybody else. That the little bit of extra that you give on a certain play isn't because you want it that bad. It's because you don't want to let that dude down. It's because you don't want to let your family down. But right now, your family is hurting and you can't change it. And he's not hurting like he can have a surgery and he'll be back walking and he'll be back running. Right. Them even saying, because what's, what, what do they tell you? Guess what, guys? DeMar breathing on his own. Mm. So freaking what? Yeah. That doesn't change what we just saw. And to 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 watch a man truly go lifeless, though, Scott, right? That's something like we've seen people knocked out, we've seen bad hits. We saw the we saw the tour. We remember how we reacted to the tour situation that happened right on the same field. This was even different from that. I don't, I know the NFL, the NFL is a big business, and the NFL has to continue doing business, and the NFL has to continue entertaining. But if the NFL doesn't send somebody into these locker rooms, if the NFL isn't flying people to Cincinnati right now, or to Buffalo, or wherever they're going right now, they are missing the point. The point is, make sure these men are all right, and then you can play football. Because what I'm going to tell you is, if you put them out there tomorrow, you're going to get a trash game anyway, because you've said it 20 times tonight. What's important is DeMar Hamlin.
2: And that came really at a time either they had just called the game at that point or they were still making the process of calling the game. And that's what Ryan Clark and Scott Van Pelt were hitting on in that particular moment. To Ryan Clark's point at the end there, Roger Goodell has come out and said there is mental health uh, help available uh, for, you know, everybody I, I believe is in the NFL Yeah, and
3: everybody I mean, this is, you know The the, the thing is, Tony um, There's been some conversation as to whether or not The league Because w- w- Joe Buck said a couple of times That they're going to give everybody a five minute warm up period And then the game's going to you know Continue, and there's been a lot of criticism Of, you know, did the NFL You know, bring that directive down Troy Vinson from the National Football League Said that never happened said there was never any thought or con- you know continuing that game last night. So I'm going to believe the NFL until further notice on this. There was no question that the game needed to be suspended. It has been suspended now officially through the end of the week. Uh I the league said in a statement that it hasn't made any changes to this upcoming weekend schedule. Uh I got to be honest with you Tony. I I, I don't want to overreact. It. I can't see them playing any games this weekend. It's, it's really... I, I really can't. I, how are you going to are you going to tell me that you're going to send the Buffalo Bills out there on Sunday afternoon to play the New England Patriots? And I'm assuming and praying that this guy is going to recover to the point of you know regaining consciousness and being okay and being able to breathe on his own. But they're going to send them out to play a game on Sunday against the New England Patriots with everything at stake—the playoffs and the home field and the this and the that—and goes with it. While this guy's lying in a hospital in Cincinnati? It's, it, Are you it, kidding? It, it seems not know they can even
2: play these games this weekend. It, it seems far-fetched. Not only that, but regardless of what the NFL actually came to the decision, what we do know, or what it did seem like last night, was that the people who made the decision not to play that game were the players and the coach, yeah. coaches. No, you're right. you so, right. And yeah, so, the league doesn't look... It wasn't a great look. It, it, it wasn't a great look. And, and listen... I I'm not in the camp of of necessarily, you know, saying that the NFL was trying to get these guys back on the field and play, but it was clear that they hadn't come to a decision at that point. At the very minimum, right? Yeah, you're right. And
3: and it, if Zach Taylor doesn't walk across the field to Sean McDermott and say, "Hey, what are we really doing here?" Uh, you wonder if they wouldn't have. I, I say
5: that
2: to say this: ultimately, whether they play this week could very well boil down to the same thing if zach taylor looks in his locker room and he looks into the guy his his and this is the opposite team this is a team right. that you know didn't lose a brother at least on their roster right um and looks in their eyes and, and realizes they can't go and the same thing happens in buffalo and the same thing happens across the nfl
3: yeah, why not wouldn't to it, say why would you say, feel that way in philadelphia right and not in to, new york and not in just, la
2: not to say that it it will
3: Right. But you just don't know if,
2: yet. If if at this point it's it's Tuesday, there's there's time in between now and when there has to be a game. There's no Thursday night football this week, so this is gonna run to the end of the week. I won't be surprised if this is the type of decision that comes down as late as they yeah. possibly can have it, because right now it just seems
5: it, it it seems a far fetched idea for there to be a game this week. I never even considered like that they would even think about canceling the games this week because they have come out and said, as we said, that they are going to play the games with the uh, with the schedule that was provided. But in on one side, I, I know what I'm trying to say here is: wouldn't the Bills could this be some sort of something that they stand behind to to fight for a championship no. for him?
2: Nah, not. I don't think Not so. watching,
5: not watching a uh, a guy that you you spend this.
2: You heard this a lot last night that you spend as much time as you yeah. do with your family. Yeah. As Ryan Clark said, go lifeless, and that was when you saw. Really, most of the emotion is when that
5: Josh staff Allen came out Oliver. on
2: the field and they started pumping his chest. That is when you saw full breakdown, and I can only imagine being that close to it. That is going to be etched in a lot of people's heads moving forward, and it would be hard at at least.
3: How is Bill Belichick going to look at his guys on Thursday and say, hey, guys, I need 100%. Let's go get into practice today. I mean, not Bill Belichick. Every coach, every player in this league, because you're you're talking about playing this weekend. If you play, they need a few days to get ready to play.
2: What's what's different about this situation compared to every situation that has happened is – for the most part, as far as I can think of, all the injuries have come via hard hit, c- terrible collision that these guys completely sign up for. Yeah,
0: what they, they don't, don't sign, sign up, up for, for,
2: they don't sign up for. And 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 you heard Ryan Clark, you heard Marcus Spears said through their out their career, with the exception of Michael Clark, excuse me, Ryan Clark, when he was in the hospital bed due to to his condition. Um, they don't think about dying on the field. But that, regardless of what happens for DeMar Hamlin moving forward, he did, he was lifeless on the field. And that is something that I don't know any of those guys have
5: ever been confronted with, compared, like, had had it that close to them. I mean when because I watched it in passing a little bit, I was just, I just had it on in the background and then they stopped playing everything and then I was like thinking the same thing you guys did this is just gonna get cleared up, the game will move on. But then I heard uh, CPR and it caught my ear. I was like, man, if if they're talking about CPR right now on the middle of the field, this is a very, very scary situation and it's very serious. You
2: sign up for injuries, you don't sign up for your heart stopping.
3: No, and I think it's going to be very difficult to get these players to move forward. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals; I'm talking about the rest of the league. Um, you know, it's going to be. To me, it's still got it, the league said they're not making any changes to the Week 18 schedule. I I think that's very hopeful thinking right TBD.
2: now. TBD. It's TBD. I think.
3: I I think it can't be any more than TBD at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, we got to make sure this kid recovers before we do anything. And uh, you know, I don't know when we're going to know whether he's made a recovery. Yeah, you know, there's still a, no official news conference coming from that hospital. There may not be. Who knows when? Uh, I, I can't. I can't ask my players to suit up tomorrow and start knocking heads at practice while this guy's lying in a hospital in Cincinnati without me knowing what's going on.
2: It, it certainly seems like it, it would be tough, but we, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of, there's time left. We'll, we'll eventually get You're the right. answer. You're right about uh, that. With you guys till six o'clock six o'clock uh sal capaccio bill's sideline reporter will join us later in this hour uh excuse me later in next hour around the 340 time big five chris versus the fan we'll also have uh bill's great andre reed join the show Morgan and chris on the way
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee and 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. welcome back to uh, Gwen and Chris, 224
3: is the time. As Tony said, uh, we will uh, be talking uh, about uh, this uh, DeMar Hamlin situation uh, throughout the program today, and uh, our hearts and minds are still there uh... with this young man in cincinnati uh... we will talk about some other stuff going on in the sports world but uh... to the DeMar hamlin situation andre reed former a uh, buffalo bill wide receiver superstar is uh... going to join the program at three o'clock we will get some of his thoughts as a former player on this and also sal capaccio the uh... sideline reporter on the buffalo bills radio network who was obviously there last night will give us his uh, story and um, uh, chilling indeed, certainly, to be on that Buffalo Bills sideline. I can't imagine a more uh, terror-filled place to be in sports in a long, long time Yeah, uh, than right there down on that field last night. We'll hear from him about 340 today. Uh, if you'd like to call, if you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, uh, please feel free, 833-288-0973. Uh, it's interesting because the um, the National Football League teams Tuesday is media day throughout the league. That's when all the teams uh, spend time with the media, coaches and uh, players, et cetera. Uh, most every team in the NFL canceled their media availabilities today uh, because of the situation. One coach who did not cancel was Mike Tomlin. A good reason. And Mike Tomlin is uh, pretty much always, you know, so well spoken and. Uh, this young man uh, did play at the University of Pittsburgh, and uh, Mike Tomlin, of course, is the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, uh, he said he's known this young man since he's been 12 years old, and he spoke very eloquently about you know him, the person, and uh, you know what he's going through, and the prayers and thoughts that he and his organization are passing along to the Buffalo Bills and to the family of Demar Hamlin. But it, you know, Scraby did his. Level best to try and get us, you know, guests today to talk about this. Um, you know, look, the morning show, talked about it for four hours. The coach and, and Braden had it for a long time. We're we're going to continue following it. Like I said, if there's anything new, uh we will break off anything we're doing to tell you exactly what's going on. But uh, we are going to move along to some other things uh, on the program today. But but Scrappy, a lot of people just didn't really want to come on and talk about the situation today. It's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think it hits very close to any current or former NFL person, whether a player or not.
5: Yeah, going and texting people and trying to talk to people, they were just uh, not feeling it. Number one, which I, I think is totally understandable. Or, I mean, there, there's a lot here that you can get in trouble for uh, if you say so. If you say the wrong thing on the air, and I'm not. Blaming them for not coming on because of that because uh, there's just too much up in the air right not, now for them to comment and and comment fully and be committed to the, what they're saying.
2: Not only that, you know, it's, it's one of the down, downfalls of being on the West Coast is that a lot of the reporters that were there or close in vicinity, or in, in vicinity were, have already talked about this a lot. And I'm sure yeah. going through it, especially if you were there last night, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not easy and so yeah i don't think, i don't think anybody begrudges um the folks who are covering this not wanting to keep rehashing it and and going through it because even for somebody who who didn't see it live who didn't wasn't there it's hard to watch it's hard to talk about
3: yeah it is i, I i've said it so many times on this show tony that uh you know i appreciate these guys these nfl players and athletes for going out there every Sunday or Monday night and playing a game that we love to watch them play and risking their health for us to be able to be entertained. No doubt. And and watch this stuff. But as you said perfectly in our first segment, none of these guys sign up for what happened to this young man last night. And none of us watch for, that. Absolutely for anything not. like that no. to ever happen. Um, you know, I don't... This was such a freak thing, according to every doctor that I heard interviewed over the last 12 to 14 hours. I don't even 100% blame this on you know, Some people want to blame football, and this is something that can happen if you get hit with a pitch in a baseball they, game. You they get hit said by a norma-
2: hockey puck. The, the folks I saw said normally this is an injury that is reserved for hockey or baseball with high velocity. Right, lacrosse. Lacrosse, where you... You get hit in the
3: chest at the at the exact at the exact right time, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I, this isn't. But the question is going to be what's going to happen moving forward with the rest of the season. Now, as I said, the NFL, uh, the last thing they said within the last hour or so, the Bengals and Bills will not continue this game this week, um, and that uh, no changes have been made to the Week 18 regular season schedule. Maybe, so maybe that's you where and it I, stands right now. Maybe we're are we maybe overreacting? we're overreacting. Maybe we are. Maybe I don't we think are.
2: we are. I but don't. It, think it, it doesn't we are. feel like it right now. It yeah. doesn't.
3: I, I emotionally don't know. You know how these guys are going to get ready to even play a game this weekend. You know, our friend Kathy is a doctor. Uh, I don't know if we've ever mentioned that before, but we're going to now bring her on the air. Kathy, how are you? Holding. I'm out. fine.
6: But thanks for making me a doctor. I I've. I moved, moved you up. It doesn't, it doesn't. You've moved me up, way up. But I wish I got the pay of a doctor. But I
5: know you're you're high up in the medical world, though, Kathy. You're a medical yeah, personnel.
6: I've been working in cardiology for 29 years, doing cardiac ultrasound, and I have done professional athletes' echoes on professional athletes and college athletes. Back in Kansas City, we used to uh, do incoming freshmen to the you know to check all their hearts out, and like you were saying, you know, you you get hit in the chest in just the right spot, and you know that's why I think one of the reasons why. Uh, they started putting the airbags in because of in a car accident, the chest hitting the steering wheel can lead to a lot of bad, you know, cardiac issues. So you get hit in just the right spot and that can cause cardiac arrhythmias, can cause your heart to cardiac arrest. And, you know, so it's not surprising if he got hit just in the right spot without having any previous cardiac, you know, issues. Right.
3: Were you were you watching when this happened, Kathy? By any chance, or were you just...
6: No, I heard about it afterwards, and so I switched over. And you know, I you know, luckily, you know, unfortunately, they have it all over the internet where you can see what happened. But you know, I'm listening to uh, Scott Van Pelt and Ryan talk it, discuss it last night. You know, people don't need to see that. No, his family I agree. doesn't need that shown everywhere. And you know, hopefully, he'll after being treated, but he got lucky what coach was saying what they were saying on the morning show is the me- the medical personnel that were at the field and getting treatment to him immediately that's what saved him
3: yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i have been there in the past uh we had a uh hockey player uh you guys may remember this thanks kathy thank you kathy about 20 years ago a good friend of mine bj mcpherson who uh ended up uh not being able to play hockey as a result of the injury, but got checked from behind and broke his neck or some, oh some bones in his back uh, and surgically repaired. But he had to be saved on the ice before they even transferred him wow. off the ice to the uh, to the hospital to work on him. That was in a game in Boise, Idaho. And, um, and it's been so long now, I don't remember, You know, unfortunately, all of the details other than that it was a horrific scene to watch. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew how bad it was. Uh, he's made a made a full recovery That's health-wise. Good. He just never was able to play hockey you, again. You know what it made but, me think uh, of
5: is... My we point were, is, that I just wanted to finish yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah, go for it.
3: These trainers, doctors, people that are on the field personnel, uh, I, they are amazing, and yeah. they, they saved this guy's life I, 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 for sure.
2: I can tell you that because of uh, having played, like there's protocols set up in every stadium, and I imagine that that was ran as almost close to perfect, if not perfect, Uh, that you can add. I mean, from the moment he hit the the ground, they surrounded him. I mean, they said, was it 10 seconds? I think I I heard
6: that's, that's, I don't
2: don't know that you get that now anywhere else in life, that kind of treatment, which could at the end of the day, end up
5: saving his life. Yeah, I definitely thought about that too, Chris, about how those people got out there, were able to realize how serious it was, and were able to start working on him as soon as they did. It was like uh, that with a Bears tight end a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but he broke his leg, and the doctor was paying attention to his blood pressure, realized his blood pressure was dropping. That's because he severed an artery in his leg. He needed emergency surgery to live there too, so these medical professionals are really... Really, really. They were on it last They were night, on it. But sure. what you were saying, Chris, about it being football, I was thinking last night about that hit in hockey that we were talking about before we went to the holiday break. I can't remember who who delivered the hit. Ryan
3: Reeves of the uh, Minnesota Wild. Yes, right? you'll never forget him
5: after that hit. But that yeah. hit was something around the chest area. And it, it just, he was a little bit high or a little bit low, but it's just, it can happen to, to anyone
3: in any sport, really. Well, it, it, it scares everybody. There's no question. But I, I don't think this was a football thing. Uh, This was a life thing, and uh, it all played out before our our eyes last night in uh, in Cincinnati. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll open it up to some more uh, things going on. There's been a lot happening over the uh, holiday while we were away for a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll discuss some of those things when we come back, some late news on some other things, and uh, we'll continue to keep you apprised of the situation surrounding Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin
2: 241, first Gwen and Chris of 2023. We'll continue to cover the DeMar Hamlin situation um, throughout the show. Really talked about it through the first couple of segments. Want to pivot uh, to some of the other things that are going on.
5: In... Pivot! Did I say pivot? <laughs> no, but every time anybody says pivot, do you guys think of Ross from Friends saying pivot? Didn't
2: watch Friends. Nope. So, uh... Did
5: you watch Friends, Chris? I did. Did you... Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> I remember the holiday armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday armadillo is pretty good. It anyway. Definitely, it,
2: funny. it definitely sounds funny. I don't
5: know it was funny. anything about Ross it. dresses up as an armadillo for the holidays. He couldn't get a
3: Santa Claus outfit.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony would like Friends, actually. That,
2: that might be funny. That was funny. Um... What happened over the break? Okay, so I think San Diego State's football team played a game maybe, what, a day or two after? Christmas Seems like forever ago. It does. It does. uh, Yeah, and they Uh, wish it was forever ago. They go down to Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. Um, It was
3: kind of the story of their season. It it, it really was. They held held Middle Tennessee State to minus 66 yards rushing. I have never heard of that They literally got nothing. Minus 66 yards rushing and lost the game. Yeah. I don't even remember how many times the Aztecs turned it over, but maybe five times and uh they blew a 14 nothing lead. So their season kind of just went that way and uh, hopefully they'll uh pack it all up and uh, get ready for another year out on the mesa. Finishing seven and six, basketball team did a whole lot better. They they did, instead, including that nice win on Saturday over UNLV. UNLV
2: that was a good game. Man, uh puts you, them in good shape. To start see, the season. Uh, I saw Bradley won uh, Mountain West Conference Player of the Week. Ah. uh continues to, and, and you know the coaching staff told us that earlier that as the year got got going, he would continue to get better. It may, it it seems like right as league is getting ready to start, he's starting to pick up the pace. But that was a nice win against. Uh, A UNLV UNLV team that only had two losses going into that game.
3: Yeah, and uh, there's now only one undefeated team left in college basketball after Purdue lost last night to Rutgers 65-64. So that leaves who else but the New Mexico Lobos. The only only undefeated team in college basketball. They will be coming here a week from Saturday. Is it just if they make it that long and stay unbeaten, it would be fun to have them come to San Diego on January the fourteenth as the only undefeated team in the yeah, country and
2: hand them their first L. Yeah, the be, Aztecs could uh, stick it nice. to them. Uh, is it just me or does it seem like the? It seems like the years, maybe outside of the years, the Aztecs had that run where they were like undefeated through like the first twenty-seven games outside right. of that year. Seems like every year... Teams aren't making it
3: very long anymore.
2: Right. No, no. Well, not only that, seems like every year the Aztecs are picked to, like, run away with the league. Everybody out of nowhere tends to be a lot better than everybody thought.
3: Yeah. I mean, UNLV's, you know, had a great year until 11 and the three, Aztecs beat right? them. New Mexico is still undefeated. Um, you know, Boise State is still the defending champ. So, yeah, there's a lot of good teams in the conference. But... Which is good for...
2: Don't get me wrong. Which is good for the Aztecs as long as they're beating them, right? I mean... Yeah. You want you want to, uh, your competition. You want your 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 roadmap as you get to the tournament to look pretty good. Yeah. Right? So you well, know. they're
3: playing at Wyoming Saturday. The Aztecs are. They're off until Saturday, and then they go up to the altitude seven thousand two hundred and twenty feet in Wyoming. The Dome of Doom. The Dome of Doom. Is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> That's why we're. And they have it painted it, all over the dome. The dome, of dome of Doom, Doom. That it's seven thousand two hundred and twenty feet. So. Uh, the Aztecs will get their altitude check Saturday in their home next week, but uh, yeah, Brian Dutcher and his team seem like they're getting it together here at the right time, as they often do. Uh, so that's good. Uh, Had the college football playoff, college football playoff. What has happened to the world of defense? I I I just, I, I cannot believe that the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines combined to score eighty six points. And they both lost. I, I that's just that's mind-boggling to me. Uh, TCU fifty-one to forty-five, and then Georgia forty-two to forty-one. I think you made this point maybe a couple seasons ago, now,
2: a couple years ago. That offenses have advanced so much, and maybe you maybe you're using this at the NFL level at the time. Um, and these offenses are so, you know, difficult to deal with. That you know. You just it, it, uh, there's there's no there's never going to be another like Ravens defense where I don't know the, that there ever will. I, be. I don't think I don't think there can be. I and mean, the Georgia
3: and, Bulldogs are considered a great defense. Everybody says this. The Georgia Bulldogs undefeated with their great de- they gave up 41 points. <laughs> uh, you know but, and they won. Here's like, a th- 41 points is not a great defense. But what is a great defense? I mean Getting up 21 points, is that great now? It's so hard to do. It's not
2: great, but here's how how else you can look at it. How long have we been asking to see different teams into the playoff and actually have a chance to win? I honestly think this is the only way that that happens, is is the offense. Is is having an offense that is just tough to stop. And we see across the country that you can create an offense that's tough to stop. The question is, can you get enough defense to stop the offense just enough times to be able to win a game?
3: I don't know. Did TCU ever stop Michigan even once? Uh, They won the game. I know that. I know Michigan fumbled on the one-inch line. Or I should say turned somebody over. They they threw a pick six. They fumbled on the one-inch line. They missed a couple of field goals. Other than that, I think Michigan scored every single time they had the ball and still lost. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to knock TCU. I was excited for them, you know, to be able to slay the, the giant, as it were. It's a great upset victory, and it's a great chance for TCU to win the whole thing. But, I mean, I just I can't be impressed with a team that gets gouged for over 500 yards and 45 points. Gives up 39 points in the second half. And, and the same way I can't really be all that impressed with Georgia. Even though they win, I mean somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to end up with more points at the end of these things. Would you rather have
2: seen but, Alabama in here just win this whole thing again?
3: Yeah, good point. Good point. Because <laughs> that's, that's the alternative, right? Cheers <laughs> to TCU and cheers to Georgia. Uh, TCU did force two, uh, force one punt. punt. Yeah, the punter, the,
2: the punters weren't getting much work in that first those semifinal games.
3: Yeah. So anyway, it's crazy, but. You know, that's college football uh, right now. And that's what people want. The rules are such that you can't touch anybody. And so these guys run free down the field. And um, I, I'm starting to think that teams are going to have to rethink defense at the college level. How so? And, and, and what I'm trying to wrap my mind around this, I'm not a uh, you know defensive coaching guru or anything, but maybe it's time for defenses to just risk it all more often. And what I mean by that is try to sniff out a play, blitz or do what you've got to do to stop that play, and if you're wrong, give up a touchdown. So I, what, I
2: have a better They're going to drive
3: down the field and score a touchdown anyway.
2: Well, I, I think that'll work for a high majority, but in terms of stopping the better guys, that's they're going to pick you apart. Here's what I think you should do, and it, it's, probably, it's kind of an outlandish idea, is you start developing corners you know as you know, the emphasis on defense has always been what around what linebackers really and defensive linemen getting to the quarterback uh maybe you, you have could to
3: try to find you could, some people that can cover somebody you <laughs> could see the run
2: because nobody's let's think about it how many teams are really running the ball Like force everybody to say, oh, you know what? We might as well run the ball.
3: Line up and run
2: it because at least you can have an opportunity to make some tackles. Because it just seems like trying to play both now is pretty much.
3: You're you're taught. Let's stop the run. Right. Let's forget about stopping the run. Let's put six defensive backs out there the whole and see if we can't slow down the pass. Maybe that's the idea.
2: And so maybe you go the opposite way. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's slow.
3: Let's stop the pass. And I always remember the. The Super Bowl game, and Scribby will be happy that I'm bringing this up, the uh, 1984 Super Bowl game between the 49ers and the Dolphins, and the Dolphins had Dan Marino and their great offense. And early in the game, the Dolphins went down right away, kicked the field goal. 49ers got the ball. Miami got it back. Right down the field, Miami went touchdown. And it looked like Marino was going to have another record-setting day and win the Super Bowl and the whole thing.
4: What happened
3: on the first two drives was that two forty 49er linebackers got injured just in the normal course of play. So Bill Walsh and his defensive guys, without really any other option, put two cornerbacks on the field to replace them and went with a four one six defense. <laughs> four down linemen, one linebacker and six cornerbacks, or you know, six defensive backs the whole game. And Marino was shut down the rest of the way. Yeah. Didn't score another touchdown, had never seen that defense and the genius of Bill Walsh and the 49ers ran away with the game. And I think that's an interesting point that you bring up. The 49ers basically said to Miami that day, you've got Dan Marino and 500 yards passing, but we dare you to run the ball. And they
2: didn't. <laughs> the they just is,
3: kept passing
2: into a stacked deck. The 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 idea behind that is, right, is is you want to have, when you're running the ball, you want to have more guys to, to block than they than then you have the tackle, basically. Right. And also, you want bigger dudes to be able to shed blockers and, and get to think. But if it, at that point, if the pass has become so difficult to stop, maybe you, you go the other way. Like you said, now, you, you might get gashed, and you would think as this, as the field shrinks as you drive down the field, the space becomes easier to, to guard, right? And so it's a, a bend, don't break type of situation. You're going to give up some yards anyway, but – As that field gets shorter, it becomes harder. Teams may have
3: to play those nickel and dime packages. I don't know what you are going to do in college, but I mean, you see USC scored forty five and lost. Michigan scored forty five and lost.
2: They gave up what four fifteen and a sixteen points in the last
3: four minutes. (laughs) I mean, they had no defense at all. But either did Tulane. No, you know UCLA gave up thirty seven or scored thirty five. I believe nine bowl games. Uh, I counted it the other day. Nine bowl games this year. The team scored 35 points or more and lost. Both teams? Oh, oh wow. So both
2: teams had to score 35.
3: Yeah, and more. Yeah. and there was four games in which the team scored 40 and lost. There was one game in which the team scored 50 and lost. That was the Kansas-Arkansas game, which went to overtime. But I think you're bringing oh, up man, a point, boring, Tony. Bro. You're going to have to start developing some cornerbacks. <laughs> and if you can't develop <laughs> cornerbacks, you're going to have to put more of them out on the field.
2: I mean, at this point, it, that's... Because that's,
3: nobody runs the ball... Time after time, that's after the thing. Time it's anyway. almost like
2: you're 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 challenging their due diligence of continuing to run the ball, yeah. like even we'll though we'll let you run, <laughs>
3: right? We'll will we'll invite you to run because that beats you just passing your way down the field at will against us, right? Right. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Just an idea, something that I think because I I know that everybody likes high scoring games. However, the TCU Michigan game to me is not a classic game anymore because. There's a dozen. Those are a dime a <laughs> right. dozen now. Right. The, the, other semi, the other semi. The other semifinal game did the same thing. The basically. same exact thing. So what makes this a classic game is what makes games classic is when there you see something that you don't often see. Yeah. But now we're seeing this almost every single game in college football, and I imagine the championship game, going to be something similar. I mean, I I wouldn't uh, imagine either. You know, TCU or Georgia is going to score less than what, four touchdowns. Yeah, what
2: What in the first game told us that either one of them was going to stop? <laughs> yeah. And they're both probably a little nicked up after going through the last game. So yeah. it, we but can we'll hear about what, the great Georgia defense anyway. <laughs> Georgia is... Uh, If they win, are they are they the new Alabama in town? I know Alabama won for a long time, so I'm not saying they are Alabama, but I'm saying they would
3: do something that Alabama did not do yet, which is to win back to back during the playoff scenario. So, Georgia's good. At least I will say this.
2: At least. At least the games were competitive. Like we didn't have, we didn't, we didn't have any like blowouts like we've had in the past at times. So
3: they were close. and uh, And then
2: in what two years we'll be getting another eight. No. no, Eight more teams. Eight
3: teams, right? Yeah, we'll have 12 total in a couple years, so we can have 11 games (laughs) Both teams score 100 points.
5: And you never know, in college basketball, this is in the Big Five, guys, they may expand it to 90 teams for the March Madness tournament. I can't
2: get enough of March Madness, so I'm not going to. You're okay with that. Can we get rid
5: of the first four, though? March
3: Madness is some of the best sports. Well, if you want to get rid of the first four, but you want 90 teams, and instead of the first four, you're going to have the first 32. I just just make it a a part of the, just make it a part of
5: the tournament. If you're if you're gonna be an eleven seed anyway.
3: Yeah, I li- I
2: li- yeah, let's just let just make, it, just a make it a part of, part of the tr- tournament. I don't like the play in party. This is
5: Antelope Valley will still be there whenever they get called to play. 100 percent Is Antelope Valley a place? Antelope Valley. <laughs> it's a fruit. I thought it was. So I thought it was. <laughs> Antelope. Uh all right, two
2: fifty-five. Three o'clock hour on the way. Andre Reed feels great hall of famer not bill's hall of famer like the hall of Famer. he's a part of it he'll join us next Chris
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds